What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we do. No, no. No, no, Rory. No, Captain Joey Savage today. He's out. So you're getting the Brothers DLG special here. A fancy one. Yeah, the head of HR got another off day. Just keep using mine. I just, I, at this point, I'm I starting think I have to wonder. Negative. I, I'm starting to wonder how many are even. I think in I the, owe money at this point. You probably do. I don't know how many are even in the corporate pool at this point. Like <laughs> he might have used all of our days off. <laughs> he started to go into next year. <laughs> He's like, I need you guys to work 72 hours next year to balance out the PTO bank. <laughs> you, have you ever worked somewhere where they did a time bank? No. Yeah, it doesn't. Hang on. But I guess before we get too far, anything. You listen to 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Those are both accurate statements. That's true. Make sure to check out Facebook.com backslash NerdThugRadio and Facebook or NerdThugRadio.com. Yeah, I'm just gonna give out Facebook.com. Just <laughs> shout out to Facebook where we post our social media. <laughs> just log in. Just check it out. Just just log into the face. Just clickety clickety click. W W W. How do I book faces? How? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, I know someone who used to work somewhere where they did time banks. It sounds like just a terrible idea. It, it really is. So like. Instead of just keeping track of people's hours and just paying someone when they worked overtime. Like, like a normal company. Yeah, sometimes they would just be like... And technically, I don't think time banks are legal. I think they're against the law, technically. But it's kind of like... I mean, if you don't like if you don't complain, then I guess it doesn't matter. But yeah. like, essentially, the boss would be like, yeah, hey, everyone worked 40 hours this week. And just turning in 40 timesheets. But like, some days you stay late and some days you go early. Right. That's not really... That's not how that works. No, not at all. I just think of the one time that they told you to stay at Target, and then like everybody clock out, and then you just walked away. Yeah. So they did... So I used to do seasonal work at Target. Uh, it was one Christmas season while I was in college. And this one manager... It was like an assistant manager, and there's always those guys like who are gunning for it. You know, like who really... They're like, we got it. Here's the thing. Um... If you're an assistant manager at a Target, Walmart, Kmart, department store type situation, like your job at that exact instant is awful and you're you're you took it for the raise from regular dude or you're on the ladder to get your own store. Right. So there's two types of assistant managers. There's like cool dude who's like, Yeah, okay, man, like Let's just get this done. Let's just work on it. Blah blah blah. Right. And then there's like, I want to be the next guy. Right. So like, he's trying to crush it because he wants to. He's trying to get. He's trying to get his, his own store as fast as possible. Um, and so one of the assistant managers was was crush it guy, and I guess he was trying to make his numbers look better. So when you at a lot of jobs when they schedule you to close, like a lot of like casual jobs in that in that instance when they say like oh close at 11 so they schedule you to 11 you stay until you're actually done so it's like 11 40 11 30 usually mm-hmm. but you you also get paid for it. you clock out when you're done right well this dude rounded everyone up at 11 he's like ding ding come on up to the front guys and started having people clock out and i guess he thought he was going to be mr slick and he was like okay everyone go wrap up after he had everybody clock out but uh, I'm not in that business. No. <laughs> so we're clocking out, 
And I started walking towards the exit, and I was like, hey, is someone going to open it? Because it's a fire alarm exit the, from the employee hall. And I was like, so is someone going to crack this for me? And he's like, oh, no, no, we're not done. We're not done. And I was like, well, you just clocked me out. Right. I just got clocked out, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> like, that's it. So then there's this weird moment where he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. And he, and he knows yeah, yeah, deep yeah. in his heart, like, you're really going to walk away, but also... I did just make you clock out. <laughs> right. Like, it's, there's no two ways about it. Like, Right. What's he going to say? No, stay here and work for free? And, like, you could see the battle in his head where he knew what would happen if he said that. But right. But that he didn't want to let me leave either. Right. Like, he wanted to force me to go ahead and work off the clock. And this is a long time ago. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. And I'm sure he's yeah, no, it's probably lost his J-O-B because it's it's awful. Um. But yeah, like I just I was just looking at it and I was like, well, we're done. Right, yeah. Like, I'm off the clock. I'm gone. Yeah, I don't hang out here. This so that's the worst part of our last job too is the fact that there was just like no because it was day rate. Right. Yeah, and they didn't use that properly. Because let's be really clear, there's not a job on the planet that says well, if I pay you day rate, you stay for at unlimited time. That's not what day rate really means. Right. Um. Now they try to act like that's like that was their get around, like oh well, since we're paying you for the day, you'll stay until we dismiss you, and it's like that's not that's how this works. It's not you. You don't have me for an unscheduled periods of time. That's not how this. I'm not showing up at eight a.m. and staying until tomorrow. Like that doesn't. That's not how any of this works. That's what I did one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then all man, that day that we stayed until I I 10? was I was there at seven a.m. and I we I got home at eleven. Yeah, like yeah, we left there at like ten a.m. Uh, ten p.m. because we were waiting. It didn't make any sense because both our boss was there and his boss was there. Right. So there was, l- and then they always they kept saying how we were supposed to write incident reports, but I never turned one in. I turned in a couple. Oh, did you? Yeah, that might have been why they let me go. But like, I never. <laughs> they never gave me a form for one. Like, they never sent me anything to be like, this is an incident report. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. So it was weird, man. That last job was so strange. That was a weird job. It's it's a fun like shared experience we have though. It is, and it's also like the easy days were great, and then like the hard days were the biggest pain in the butt. Oh, it's the worst. But not like in a work way. Like oh, we had to work hard because nothing about our job was hard. No, it was just nonstop irritation, and then like everyone thinks they know better than you, and everyone's trying to tell you how to do stuff when you're right technically supposed to be in charge but nobody wants to listen to you or acknowledge you it's the worst it was a it was a really weird get up paid good though paid real good not on time though never on time except <laughs> the last time <laughs> we got paid real early that time oh man that was a that was a weird gig all right well this is nerd radio we're hanging out here just talking about work talking about talking about time vaults talking about <laughs> yeah the future. Time banks. Uh, okay, I got one for you. Okay. Talk about people who are terrible at their job. All right. Now, his name is out there, but I'm not going to name him because that's not really a cool thing to do. Right. That's not good. It's not good. Um. So, the dude, the Spider-Man, Marvel, Sony, Disney deal. It finally happened. It finally happened. They the, made up. The reason it happened, though, and the reason it almost didn't happen... It's coming out that there's a dude who, when he worked for DC, he ruined the Vertigo line uh, by tightening up the contracts, making it more in favor of the company, and so then a bunch of people dipped out. Dipped out. All those creators then took 
very popular projects other places. Um, he then has now been at Disney here recently. And somehow, he... I'm going to be polite here. Is an idiot. Makes sense. And didn't understand the arrangement between Sony and Marvel for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So he works for Disney. He walks into this arrangement under the impression that Disney owns Spider-Man and Sony is licensing Spider-Man for their movies. Instead of the other way around. Instead of the other way around. So when he comes into the meetings and doesn't get what he wants, he says, well, then we cancel the deal, thinking that he's taking money away from Sony. But in actuality, he's taking money away from Disney. Yep. So he leaves thinking he's Captain B.A., and it turns out that Kevin Feige has to get involved, and he knows all the players in this as well, and he fixes the deal. Yeah, Big Boss rolls down and is like, the heck, man? <laughs> yeah. Whoa, what did you guys do? <laughs> he's mm. like, he's like, he was like, I was under the assumption we were going to have Spider-Man for like the next like three years. Like, what yeah. just happened? <laughs> yeah, I had stuff going on, guys. Y'all, y'all screwed this up. So he has to, he has to get in there and, and do his flex. And uh, when he gets in there and flexes, it turns out that... The guy's just dumb. Yeah, the other guy just screwed it up. Because apparently it wasn't that hard for him to put it back together. Because when he sat down and actually put it back together, the deal became... Um, Disney Disney Marvel has to put in 25% of production costs, mm-hmm. but in return is going to get 25% of the profit. Which is a huge deal because this last movie, I think, only cost around $150 million to make. And it brought in over a billion Oh, so they put in like what? That's so if in in the context of this deal, they would have to put in thirty eight million dollars and they would have gotten two hundred and fifty million dollars back for it. You know, just a casual, just a quick turnaround. Just right. Forty to get two eighty. That's a good deal. It's a real good deal. Yeah. And the last Spider-Man movie was so good anyways. Uh, it really was. They do this cool thing. You haven't seen it, though, have you? I have. You I, have? Saw, okay. I saw it, like, opening weekend. Somebody was telling me they hadn't seen it yet. We oh, saw it together. It was Joey. Who, yeah, you're right. We did see it together. It was Joey who said he hadn't seen it. Every time you're like, every time you're like, did you ever see that? I feel like you, like it's always been like, we've seen One it together. We've seen together. <laughs> That's my, well, like, I remember, but, like, and then I don't even look left. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, oh. Oh, right. You were there. You were there. Um, Yeah. So he does that cool thing in this one where there's this suit, like, fabricator in this dark plane. Yeah. That was baller. I did so like cool. that, where he's like, oh, throw this in and throw that in, and then he's like modifying the suit on the fly as the computer makes the suit. Right, because it's something that Iron Man would have. But there's a, okay, there's a mistake in that, though. Why? So they show the thing where Peter Parker puts his arm through the little hologram like he's using the things, uh-huh. like, use, like wearing the hologram, which Tony Stark did in Iron Man 1. Yeah. And far and and Farva's character looks back at it and has this happy moment. Except in Iron Man One, when Tony Stark does that, he's totally alone. So like Happy never would have seen him do that. Well, I'm sure it wasn't the only time. No, it's continuity error. It's not a continuity <laughs> error. It wouldn't. 
he wouldn't have something like that and wouldn't have seen him ever, ever once in the history of the, the 15 years. We would have never seen him put the hologram arm on. No, but I think he was doing it. Like, I think we were viewing it through Favre's, John Favre's character, Happy's eyes. And so I think that's why Happy has that moment so that we as the audience can have the moment where he... The movie is telling us through Happy that this is the new Tony Stark. Look how Tony Stark he is. Right. No, it definitely is that. Yeah. But that's that's why they do it in the movie. But it's a mistake. It's not a mistake, dude. It's a total mistake. I, also, in season three. Right. They sit down. I know, and I hate that guy, but like. <laughs> um, actually. <laughs> actually. And I do totally hate that guy. But when I saw it in theaters, I remember I was like. Oh man, that's like that's like Iron Man. And then I was like, wait, he was alone in that, isn't he alone? And then the other day, Iron Man was on TV. And then you watched it, and you're like, ah. yeah. And I was like, he is alone when he does that. But it's all right. It's cool. It's cool. Um. Also, just as a as a side note here on Nerd Thug Radio, just reminding everybody, even though they no longer sponsor us, make sure you order Papa John's pizza on Tuesday, October first. They're doing, uh, I believe they're doing all the funds for the fallen deputy again. They've done this before mm-hmm. uh, for another deputy, which I thought was awesome. Actually, I worked for them back then, and we, I had kind of, I didn't, I had, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I wasn't plugged in, and like that day, like we are slammed, and it's like a, a Wednesday, and we're like, and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> we so much pizza, we were just getting demolished, and I was like. Like midway through the day, I'm, I'm I'm doing great. I'm getting tips. Like we're busy though, but like I'm finally I'm just like, what is going on today? And they're like, oh, we're doing that that relief thing for the the officer, and like Papa John's locations had run out of dough, run out of food. Like they're calling other stores. Like, do you have any wings? Like we're out of wings. Like <laughs> it got to the point where the uh, they basically had to say like, we're gonna do it another date again. So family, yeah, because we ran out of food, which is a good feeling. That's a cra- it was crazy. It was crazy. It was like dumb. and that's and that's kind of the nice thing is that the people do come together. You know, Houston's such a supportive city. It really is. There's been a bunch of instances here in the last couple of years where Houston's really come together. Yeah, and like for the, the hurricanes, the hurricanes, and and the floods. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for my sister, she her house flooded during Harvey, mm-hmm. and as did mine. Yes, yeah, as did yours. Well, but she had—they had just had Lincoln at the time, so they just had the third kid. Okay, so they had the baby. They had with a that. baby. So a real getting, small baby. Getting out, the kids had to go on the boats. Yeah, because I mean, it was like it was over the waist of uh, my sister and her brother and her husband. So like the kid, there's no way the kids could walk through it. Plus right, that's gross. So like, I think he had to. I think he had to carry one of the kids out the first time, and then he went back, and the boat had met him, and they got everybody out the second time. I believe is what happened. But when they were, he was talking to people at work. Now, you know, they had the, they stayed with family for, I think, like the first few days while they got the lower half of the house reorganized and then they moved back into their house and basically operated out of the upstairs for like a, a month or two. But um, when he, uh, when he was mentioning it to work, they were like, oh, how'd you make it? He's like, oh, well, oh no, social media. He saw it. And what he does is he, he works with homeowners for a particular housing company, when they're closing on their homes, he mm-hmm. gets all the stuff taken. All the when you walk through a house before you buy it, you're like, "Oh, you need to finish this, this, and this, and then I'll buy it." Right. So they they go and they do all of that, and then they he's the guy who g- he coordinates all that. So he walks with you. You point out the things you're not happy with. 
he makes he fixes those things for you in a prompt manner so that you can hurry up and buy your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of his a lot of the people he does work with love him. Um, and so th- when they heard that the house had flooded and all that, uh, they took like a donation drive in the whole neighborhood he had just finished selling out, <laughs> and like they brought him like two truckloads worth of goods. Wow. Yeah, like baby stuff, you know, formula and clothes and diapers and all that. And I happened to be there when they when they brought it. Um, we were we were clearing, you know, when the house floods. You got to bang out all yeah, the drywall yeah. to that. Yeah, take out all the drywall. You got to dry everything. So, it's so I'm just I'm, the worst. Yeah, so I'm there breaking walls that day, and all of a sudden this dude kind of shows up. And you have everything open, right? Yeah, this guy just shows up, and I'm like, uh, and then he's like. Here's all this stuff. We rounded it all up for you, and he's like, "Oh, this is awesome! Thank you guys so much!" And it was a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. And that's Houston coming together and kind of hang and helping each other out, which is you know that is a nice thing that Houston does. Yeah. It is a very nice thing that Houston does. Um, there's a lot going on, but how have you? So back to the Disney guy mm-hmm. being the absolute worst at his job. He tried real hard. Do you ever? <laughs> What's the worst story? You've heard some horror stories. What's the worst story you've ever heard of someone who's just like terrible at their job? Uh, just like the worst? I mean, this guy's pretty bad, right? He almost costs... He almost costs... Disney like, and Marvel Spider-Man. <laughs> like, wrap your brain around that. He showed up to a meeting and blew it so bad they almost lost Spider-Man. <laughs> Like the last non-Marvel thing, because they can bring in the Fantastic Four, they can bring in the X-Men, and then this guy almost blows it and they lose Spider-Man. <laughs> right. Almost completely loses it. It's just like, what are we going to do now? Uh, I don't know, man. There's so many like different horror stories. I feel like the people that we knew were like, the worst at their job. Um. Yeah, I feel like we worked with some pretty sad people at that last place. I, I mean, when I worked with Joey, I, the branch I worked at. Oh, I, that was the worst, too. That was crazy. I did sit in on a meeting one time, a 25-minute meeting about the order of people who could answer the phone. <laughs> the order of people who could answer the phone? In other words, if the warehouse manager isn't there, then so-and-so should answer it. If so-and-so isn't here, then this person should answer it. If this person isn't here, then this person should answer it. Like, they went they they were like setting a list of who should answer the phone. Immaculate, amazing. It was why <laughs> that's yeah. It was literally the dumbest thing I had ever seen or heard. I I couldn't even fathom the idea that they were doing it. Like as I was sitting in the meeting, and it all happened. Technically, it was my fault, and it's and it's sort of an obnoxious thing. So here's what happened. Did you ask a question and then they were just like, "Oh no." No. Okay. So here's what happened. We get a f- we get a phone call uh from one of the other branches and they're looking for something that we're supposed Oh no, no, no. no. I took a delivery out. Or no, I took a I was supposed to pick up an order from one of our manufacturers. I get there, it's been picked up 3 days earlier. Even though the people in our branch were saying they got the phone call that morning that it was ready. So I come back with my unfulfilled pickup order. And I go to the salesperson and I hand it to him and I say, they said someone picked this up three days ago. So he's like, oh, that's weird. And he goes, will you see if we have it stocked in the warehouse? So I go back into the warehouse and it's not stocked there. And I said, no, um, 
but I'm the guy who runs this route, and I didn't go. I haven't been there in like a week, so we. I didn't, don't know what's going on. Yeah, we didn't pick this up. He goes, okay, we'll call the other branch and see if they have it. So I called the other branch so to see and ask them to check their quantities on those items that come from that place. Mm-hmm. So they call back later. So I leave for my delivery. When I come back, they call back, and I happen to be by the phone, so I answer it. And it turns out that they their quantities are all messed up. Because they picked up something they weren't supposed to. Probably. But they also didn't ring it in. Right. So now there's just, like, no way to know. But if the manufacturer is hyper-confident that someone came and picked it up because on their end, someone signed for it and everything. So we're just SOL. Right. So we either need to order more from them or we need to just produce more from this other branch. It's it's moments like that where I realize that we're so disorganized and there's probably companies that like make way too much of something or sell too much of something or just it just doesn't exist well absolutely i mean okay the other well not to go too far away from it but the other day i was at a mcdonald's and i watched i watched as they made an order and the guy took it they made the order set it on the counter they called a number a guy took it and he left and another couple came up with the receipt and they were like oh you just called our number and they're like oh well it's Gone. Oh, okay. So then they make that food again. Now that guy's going to leave with the wrong order, and he either heard the wrong number or wasn't paying attention or whatever. But his order now is floating around somewhere in the back too. You know what I mean? Like, right. It just it all falls apart like so easily. The whole system because then they got to remake it all their order. It crumbling down. It just crumbling falls down. It just breaks. So the world is just ending because they can't do anything. So yeah, so all of a sudden, you know, I'm on the phone with the with the other branch, and they're like, "Yeah, our quantities are wrong." I'm like, "Okay, well that's technically ours, but can you go ahead and deliver it because the customer's actually on y'all side of town who wants it anyway?" Blah blah blah. Right. Yeah. So I'm just trying to make it happen, and they freak out on me. They're like, "Well, you don't tell us how to send deliveries. You're a driver too." And I was like, "Well, I understand, but like just trying to make it easy, guys. Well, like y'all have the material that you're not supposed to have yet. You already have it. It's not in the system." You need to, you know, the customer's the one who's waiting on it, and you guys have had it for three days. Right. So like, This isn't my fault you right. guys messed up. Right. So then they call the people there on that and complain to their managers. And they're like, you don't answer phones now? Yeah. So then I got banned from answering phones because I was trying to fix the problem. And so as I'm sitting there in this meeting, like, my two choices are to sit there and just listen to them complain about phone, like, who answers the phone or to explain how the other branch just didn't feel um, the need to do this. And so strange. It was so bizarre because, like, I realized as soon as the meeting started that this is what it was about. And then as I'm sitting there, I was like, so essentially, they're telling me to no longer fix the order problem that came up. Right. So next time when I go to pick up materials from somewhere, when I when I go to pick up materials from somewhere and I and I'm and they're not there and I come back, what I should just do is nothing. <laughs> right. No, that's the correct. That's what they want me to do. Otherwise, they're gonna have a thirty minute meeting about me making a phone call again. You made the wrong phone call. You came to the wrong neighborhood. Right. And it's not like when I told the salesperson, they were like, "Well, that's weird. Where do you think it is?" And so I followed up because it was obvious that he wasn't like. Yeah, he wasn't going to do anything about it. Right, he just thought it was odd. Ooh, right. We're missing stuff. That's weird. No, not really. It's probably just at the other place. It's a it's a darned if you do, darned if you don't kind of right. like. 
Right. I'm going to walk into the thing and be like... Now, here's the sad part. The sad part is the reality is if I had done nothing... Nothing would have changed. Well, not, no, 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 no. More importantly, though, if I had done nothing, they wouldn't have been mad at me. No. That's what doesn't make sense. Even though I knew that the material was somewhere else, even though I knew that, that we had it and the customer was waiting on it, and even though that's what I tried to get fixed, if I would have just ignored the problem and kept driving, they would have been thrilled. Stay in your lane sometimes. That's what's so annoying. Sometimes, man, that's if that's if that's not a lesson that I've learned, sometimes you just do the minimum like to get through where you're going for right now. And, and that's just, just gonna leave it. Yeah. Because sometimes you just don't want to get involved. <laughs> so obnoxious. It really is because it, it's it goes against my nature of being like, I want this to be the right play. Like, I want to do the right thing. Right. Because I want to get this problem solved, but I know that it's not my it's not my place to solve this problem. No, and, and, this, and the annoying thing is, like, that's, everyone's just cool with it. Yep. Everyone's just cool with it. That's it. And, like, that's what they would have preferred. Yeah. 100%. It's they would have been so like, they would, they would have been like, yes, do that. And you're like, what? Well, like, I've never... This might be the entrepreneur in me because, like, I work for myself now, and that's how. I mean, it's. I guess it's better this way. Um, but like, <laughs> it never dawned on me that it would be just the like the right thing to do is nothing when you come across a problem at work. Right. You look at the problem and then you just go, "That's not my problem." And right. Then you walk away. <laughs> and like, if they send you out every day to the wrong place for a pickup that happened a week ago, oh well. <laughs> Just, just so keep, bad. Just keep driving there back and forth, and look surprised when you come back with nothing. <laughs> so you sent me here, and there was nothing. Like, oh well. Like when I went to the place and they didn't have it, I made sure to like dot my eyes and my cover and like cross my teeth. I got a copy of the of the order that was fulfilled and signed by the other driver. Like I went out of my way to be like, I needed this. Like we're sure that my order isn't here, right? Because my salesman says you guys called this morning. And and it's ready. And they're like, this order number is from last week. We certainly didn't call you today. Someone picked it up last week, et cetera, et cetera. Like, like on their end, they're like, you're crazy. So I was like, can I just get documentation so that when I come back with nothing, they don't send me back here again? Because the sad part is that's how it would have gone. Like if yeah, I, you would have gone, you would have been stuck in an endless loop trying to to get this one thing that's been gone for three days and just kept going back and forth, and they just would have kept letting me do it, right? Because they don't believe in solving problems. So like they solving just, problems is for people who have a good a good idea of what they're doing. They would have just kept sending me back and forth, going, "Did you did did you get it? Did did you get it this time? No, it's still not there." It's still not there from three days ago. <laughs> it's been gone for, for over a week. Over and over in an endless loop. All right, before we go too much further down the drain here, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Radio coming your way. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, 
and senior citizens and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses, be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. Uh, this is uh, Corey DLG, and with me, as usual, is little brother Nico. As me. No Captain Joey Savage today. He is burning up all that corporate PTO time uh, for the whole corporation. All of it. Right. We're, we're down to zeros. Um, in the meantime, though, before we get too far into anything, let, let Nico tell you about Cox ATA. Cox ATA, the leader in ATA martial arts. Now with three, count them, three locations. I mean, they are everywhere. Man. One in the Woodlands, one in Magnolia, and one in Conroe. If you can hear us, there's a Cox ATA that you can go to, and it's probably convenient for you. Absolutely. Uh, go down there, mention Nerd Thug Radio, get two free weeks of training, get all kinds of available classes. They have Taekwondo, Tai Chi, self-defense. They have classes to help against uh, like bullying for the younger ones. They have classes from all sorts of different age ranges. If you're three, if you're 93, it doesn't matter. There's something for you there. You know, uh, with two free weeks, you can get into you can get into the program. You can fall in love with the staff, the locations. It really is a great family friendly. It's a big, basically just a big family. Martial arts are a great way to build character. They teach life skills. They uh, oh god, I'm forgetting everything oh, now. They teach uh, life skills, skills, they build leaders, they, and leaders, they leave a legacy. I played a long tournament today. I am so <laughs> dead. <laughs> it's been a long day, huh? It's been a long day. All right, I've been well, going since like 7 a.m. <laughs> listen to that. Look, from the guy who does nothing to the guy who's busy all day. Look at you. I'm proud of you. Right, yeah. From uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably like three months ago, I would have gotten up around like 2 in the afternoon and then done nothing till like 7. And, and then been like, exhausted anyway. Yeah, and been like, hey, man, I'm pretty tired. I think I'll pack it in at 2. <laughs> Accurate. That is exactly what would have happened. Um, all right. So we've talked about Netflix shows on here. We've talked about specifically making a murderer before on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. So the guy who made that is busy making a follow-up documentary about the case because so much stuff has happened. Right. Um, including – so if you for those who don't remember, it's about uh, – it's, it's a Wisconsin town where this guy was – like he was a troublemaker when he was a teenager – he gets uh, arrested and convicted for a rape, a sexual assault. Um, the description the female gave at the time of the accident of the incident looks nothing like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, when DNA testing becomes available, they do DNA testing on that kit and it exonerates him completely. Uh, and basically, when he gets out, he immediately begins building a lawsuit against the police department. He'd had several run-ins with them. They had basically a feud going on. He was a bit of a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and what wound up happening, uh, he was on the verge of winning the suit. They had some really bad days in, deposi- in depositions, the police force. And this lawsuit, the city had already looked in trying to settle, and the city had found out that the insurance policy that the city had didn't cover th- this lawsuit. So this lawsuit could have bankrupted the town oh at that point. Oh, my God. So all of a sudden then there's a photographer uh, for an auto trader magazine. She goes out and she takes the pictures for the auto trader. Um, she is going out there to take pictures of his vehicle. Suddenly she's missing and he's the last person to see her alive. Um, 
her body is never found. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some blood evidence found in the garage, but it, it I don't think they ever. It's not even like DNA linked to her. I think her fingerprints were found in like three places on the whole thing, but he admits that she was there to take the pictures, blah, blah, blah. Right, so it wouldn't be at a place. Like, the case is real circumstantial, but the police are convinced he did it, and I think what winds up happening is eventually on the back end of his family's plot of land, the car is discovered. But the police, uh, they make it seem like... There's a lot of weird stuff that happens at that time. One of the police officers actually calls in the plates the day before the car is found. Mm-hmm. And the dispatcher says, oh, you found the da 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 And he goes, oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> oh, no. So there's a lot of suspicious stuff that happens in this case. They take his nephew, who is like 15, and they interview him without the parent present, which is already super weird. Completely inappropriate. Right. Also, he's um mentally... I don't know what the phrase is because I don't know what specifically was wrong with him. He's mentally handicapped in some way. Mm-hmm. There's some he has some sort of di- uh, disabilities or deficiencies, and so they interview him like three times, three different times. Then one time they go up to the school and interview him, and while they're interviewing him at the school, he, he they talk him into admitting that they that. That him and the other guy, that him and his uncle did the murders. And then at the end of the confession, he goes, okay, can I go back to school now and eat pizza? And they're like, uh, no, no, dude, we have to arrest you now because you admitted to murder. And he's confused. Like, he doesn't understand what's going on. So it's pretty obvious. Don't talk to police. Well, well, that too. But it's pretty obvious that they that they tricked this kid. Right. His conviction was then overturned on appeal. Right. After this documentary came out and basically showed, like, they show a bunch of the, f- like, the footage from the interview, and you can see the police completely leading him on. There's a bunch of experts who are like, yeah, he's tricked, blah, blah, blah. Well, then a higher appeals court took away the overturn and let the conviction stand. Oh. Which it doesn't, I'm not sure how that happened. <laughs> you um, had to appeal the third time? Yeah, and so also... Uh, there's some information that's come to the documentary filmmaker where he allegedly through a third party, this guy who's in jail for murder in a Wisconsin prison admits to being the killer of this girl. Like he's told people he killed the girl from the, I killed the girl from that Netflix documentary. Nice. And, um, it's not corroborated. Like there's nothing like, yeah, him saying it alone isn't enough. But, like, there's so much stuff that's happened. The guy's making a new documentary about it. Uh, but one of the things that they got on to him about, like, when they were going after the uncle, the the actual guy who's the main, the centerpiece of the, of the mm-hmm. documentary, is they're talking about, like, how strange he acted after the fact. They were like, he just seemed, he just seemed like he was the killer. Um, having lost a family member last year, I, I no longer buy into that, the how people are supposed to behave. Yeah, and it's 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 one of those things where it's like grief grief affects people so differently. Yeah, I honestly at this point now when people like w- we were talking off air about like there was a story locally here where a guy killed his wife and child allegedly and during the press conference like he didn't cry and he seemed kind of creepy and so a lot of people were like well obviously he did it. And I think it turns out they found the bodies in the trunk of his car and he did do it. But like I'm not going to go off of a press conference and say that he did. Like, uh, what's that movie, Gone Girl? Mm-hmm. 
where they're like everything Ben Affleck is doing, they're analyzing and they're like, oh my God, he totally killed her. Oh my God, he definitely did it. And like, I don't know. I'm no longer I'm no longer that person. I've completely you no longer, I've completely changed my position on that. That's fair. Like there was a time when I would be like, yeah, look at like, look at how they're acting. Like Jesus, they're so creepy. Ooh, why aren't they sad? But I now no longer I no longer buy that at all. I don't. Like, okay, for me personally, just speaking from my own experience, during that time when we were doing like the wake and the funerals and all that, like there were times when I totally had it together and was doing what I needed to get done. Right. Yeah. There was definitely times where like, especially in the wake where it was literally like there. Right. And it was like, I'm like entertaining, making jokes. Right, like, we were, like I'm fine. It's like, and then like a moment where it was just like, everything was just like, whoa. <laughs> and you totally felt like, yes. Uh, <laughs> I I absolutely I lost it at the at like the most unexpected of time. We were sitting there in the funeral, and I'm in the I'm in the front row. We're all in the front row, and I'm sitting there, and like I just have this weird thing where it's like, okay, well this is it. This like it's done now, and like all a of ton it. of bricks hit me. But yeah, for like three days I had been. It it was so good to see everybody. People I hadn't seen in a long time. It was. In some way, social, and then in another way, like the setting for the social thing is sad. Uh, it was a weird. It's a weird thing, and so like, yeah, it, and it hits you at odd moments. Mm-hmm. Also, they're not. You don't know. Like, okay, it's reasonable to assume if a per, if an adult is missing that they've been murdered, right? But it's not unreasonable that something else could have happened. We live in a weird time. I'm no longer one of those people who says we live in the mess up time and everything's broken and blah blah blah. There are right. weirdos and sickos out there, but we of, live of in course. a safest we live in one of the safest moments of I modern think, time. I think we live in the safest moment because I think it's like there's like there's less murder and like in the whole world. world. Yeah. yeah, there is. We're, like this is globally the most peaceful it's ever been. Yes, it is. Which I is just, like it's which people are like, well, it's sad. It's like, yeah, but humans are always fighting each other. Yeah, like we've this. been at wars forever. Well, that's like so, there, since there's been people, there's been conflict. <laughs> correct. Yeah, and that's even in that uh, that Bible some people talk about. Uh, but like, so the idea that uh, you know something has happened to them, but they're still alive, mm-hmm. I totally accept that if you're if you don't know and it's really important to you, that you would hold on to that. Oh yeah, there's absolutely no way where like. And like you would, you would like for a moment be like, well, no, they could be fine, and like you have no way of knowing of like, yeah, you have no concept. It's like when those kids were found in the in the cellar in that house in Cleveland, and they'd been in the cage for that one girl had been in the cage those cages for like a decade or whatever it was. She'd been missing for ten years. Yeah. What what do you like when she went away? She's eight. When she comes out, she's almost twenty, and you're like, this is like the whole world. Is totally different. Yeah. Not only is the world totally different, but your family. How would your your family would have moved on reasonably at some point? Right. They would have. They would have grieved your loss, and then you would have shown back up in their lives. It's crazy. But my point with that is like, that's a long time to be missing. Right. And still alive. Right. So you don't know what's going to happen in these cases. You don't know what's going to happen in these instances. So, so you don't. You feel like you you don't emotionally know how to react. Absolutely, but I also feel like I would keep as much hope as possible. Like I would work as hard as possible to, to be not like be, to not be sad about it. Right. To try and stay really, really, really positive in the weird because this is how people think. Like 
if I go negative, then the negative thing will happen. But if right. I stay positive, then maybe the yeah. positive thing will happen. And so, yeah, I mean, you don't know what it like. Yes, it wound up that guy did it. But I, I'm no longer the... He was the Obviously. weirdo at the news conference guy, right, so yeah. definitely he did it. Or, or when someone's like, we don't know where our baby is, and just give her back. And then it's like, and, and like everyone's like, they did it. I want it. Right. It's never, you always want to like, it's it's the cynic in you that wants to be like, it's ob- they're obviously trapped in the basement right now. Right. The other half of you is like, they just missed their baby. Well, well yeah. Like, I just, I don't want to be news conference guy anymore. Right. I want to, I want to at least give people that. You want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Because that space, at least right there in that moment. Because first of all, it's a weird thing to be in public speaking. Right. It's a weird thing to think the whole world is watching you. It's a weird thing to deal with that adrenaline and those nerves. And then you throw in the emotions of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Like when we speak publicly, like there's a little bit of a you know a little bit of a charge. Well, a little that. bit, a little bit of a thing. When you when you when we do a panel at Comic Palooza, you get a little juice from that. I got to come down from that a little bit. I got to calm down afterwards. Yeah, a little bit. I always walk off going, "That was amazing. That was great. We were uh, awesome." And then it's like, "Whoa, relax, <laughs> easy, Bronco, easy." Turn it down. Turn it down. <laughs> um, but yeah, you got to kind of. I just there's a lot of factors at at work there, and yeah. it's not. It's, it comes down to people. People are very different. Yeah, exactly. You have no idea what someone's going to do or what they're like. You have no concept. Right. Unless like, you, it's someone you know very well and be like, well, yeah, they're a very you know dry person. They don't really react super hard to anything, even when it's really sad. Right. So, I mean, you got to fill it's it It's like, out. well, obviously that means they're a murderer. It's like, no, it just means that they're, <laughs> yeah. they're very, their emotions are very suppressed. They right. keep everything very far back. It's not what that means at all, but cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for calling my friend a murderer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so oh, he murdered gotta, people? Oh, it's my oh best. yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool. I totally murder people. Um, all right. Now that admission of guilt. Right. That's going to be the drop of like 10 years from now when I'm accused of murdering someone. They're going to play this tape and they're going to be like, he planned it. Uh, I saw the future. <laughs> God, I hope I never go on trial for murder. I can't afford a good attorney. <laughs> I'm going to jail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're just going to have to get by on your charm and being like, I was probably at home and no one's going to believe you. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not that charming. <laughs> uh, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got one more segment of Nerd Thug Radio coming your way. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. We're hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And, of course, we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. 
Uh, make sure to check out facebook.com backslash nerdthugradio or www.nerdthugradio.com. That's where we do like 12% of the magic. Like, yeah, like 15% maybe. I'm going to go under on that. Maybe. I'm going to go under. Maybe. There's a lot of magic not on. But you know what? You know what? You know what? We'll we'll put more magic on there. Fair enough. We'll put more magic on there. That's what we'll do. We'll agree. We'll put more magic up there. Uh, Before we get too much further into anything, let me tell you guys about my friends. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Uh, Right there on 1488 in Conroe. This is where you want to go hang out and be an awesome nerd. Uh, First of all, it's like right there by tapped. So you can go in, hop in, hop in, have a beer. They do a lot of BYOB stuff, so that's always nice. But this they got a great comic book selection. They got great gaming. They got great gaming stuff and then board games as well. We played a new game. We were there for Batman Day. Uh, Rabbit something. Rabbit's Kingdom or something like that. Kingdom of Rabbits. I don't know. Anyway, it was really, that was a fun. We it was a, it was a nice demo game they had out there. So yeah. we sat down, we worked through, we learned how to play as we went, and uh Nico cheated and won. I won that game. You cheated and won. That's fine. Listen, I'm not. I'm not going to disparage you for being a cheater. Like you, you cheated and you won. Like I, I, I win every time. Ah, champion of the world. Champion of the world. You know what? Watch this. You win this. I'm going to let you have it. So that was right there at the adventure begins. Comics, yes. games, and more. Um, <laughs> you make sure to go in there. They got a friend. Uh, it's family friendly. It's fun. They got a knowledgeable staff. It's a great place to go. On Tuesday, they have casual. Yu-Gi-Oh! Play. Uh, no, on Tuesday from 4 to 8, it's competitive. Saturday is casual. So competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! Play tomorrow from 4 to 8 p.m. Right there at Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, they just did Batman Day. Like They have stuff going on all the time. So check their Facebook page. We link to them. Check them out. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Um, all right, so we got a little bit of time here. They've been building up this... Uh, Arrowverse, the CW's Arrow universe. It now has the Flash and Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, and now Batwoman. And all oh, right, yeah, I forgot that happened. Yeah, and um, they're building up to a Crisis on Infinite Earth, and I and I believe this is gonna be the last season of Arrow. So I'm guessing that they're hinting at that, like he's gonna. Somehow like not s- exist. I think he's gonna like sacrifice himself. He's gonna like that's gonna be the big win there somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've been building this thing up and building it up and building it up. Um, and all the shows are like so. Originally, Black Lightning isn't part of the Arrowverse, but it's gonna be in Crisis. And when they come out of Crisis, it's gonna be connected. Um, Brandon Ruth, who just left uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, he's been the character of Ray Palmer as the Atom forever. He played Superman in a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will be reprising his role as Superman. That's cool. Um, also from Smallville, Tom Welling and the girl who played Lois Lane, they're coming back uh, to play in this in in Crisis. I guess they're playing Superman and Lois Lane as well. Also, the guy who does the voice for Batman Forever, the animated voice. Um, uh, I'm blanking on his name. He's coming to play an old version of Batman. Wow. Uh, yeah, and so like they've they pulled out all the stops here. They're they're going out of their way to pull in a bunch of stuff from this show. Uh, and the show, the actual episode is going to debut in 
December. It's gonna it's gonna go over. Okay, so here's some of the stuff. In July 2019, it was announced that Brandon Ruth would reprise his role as Clark Kent Superman. Um, he will also somehow be playing his role as Ray Palmer, the Atom. Uh, Tyler Hoechlin will return to replay, uh, be his Superman from Supergirl. Uh, August 2019, Kevin Conroy, that's who it is, the longtime voice of Bruce Wayne Batman in the DC animated verse, is going to be p- portraying a future version of Bruce Wayne. It's the first time he's ever played the character in live action. That's so cool. I know, man. Um, like it's, I feel like DC does so much better on like weird small stuff than like any of their big budget stuff. This stuff, they're really killing it. Okay, so Ashley Scott, this is obscure. She will be reprising her role as Huntress from the like 2004 series Birds of Prey. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. Uh, like, there's a lot going into this. Um. One person who won't be in it is uh, the guy who played Lex Luthor in Smallville. Uh-huh. Um, he basically came forward and said he's he's doing another show right now. And when they came to him about this, he said, honestly, they called with not a lot of notice and not a lot of money and no script and no firm schedule yet. <laughs> and then they said, are you in? <laughs> and so he said... No, I'm not. <laughs> so he said that that was that was basically what happened there. Um, <laughs> like how they're just gonna call him with just like, so we have no money, and he's like, all right, okay, it's starting bad. <laughs> he's like, we have no schedule, okay, oh, no. no money, all right, and we and we don't know no. how much you're gonna be in it or not. We don't know how much you're gonna be in it or not. Also, we don't know what you're gonna do in it. Yet. We don't have the script. Are you in? And he was like, no, no, no you no. only told me bad things. Well, and I guess, I mean, honestly, I get this is a big thing. And this is, I've always wondered this about like when they schedule cameos and stuff like that. So in the movie Zombieland, <laughs> they are hanging out and they come upon Bill Murray's mansion. Oh, it's such a funny scene. And then they come in and Bill Murray's still alive. And then uh, Jesse Eisenberg shoots and kills him. Uh, allegedly, Bill Murray's going to play a cameo in the second Zombieland, which is about to come out. Like, I wonder specifically about that. Did they just write celebrity in the script or and then like build the story and then try and find the celebrity to fill it? Or do you, as you're getting ready to make the movie, writing the script and finding the money and all that, are you calling Bruce uh, uh, Bill Murray and saying, Bill, would you like to have like a, a minor role in this movie? And then kind of pitch them on what you want to do. And, and they probably they, what they probably do is they probably have a list. They're probably like, these are like our top three people that we probably want. So they call all three of them and they're like, hey, are you in? Yeah, but again, how do they say yes or no? Because everyone has different calendars and stuff. Like, okay, Bill Murray probably has a lot of availability, but he does. He also doesn't things. have an agent. He just, he, no, just, he doesn't. You he just doesn't. call Bill Murray and you're like, are you in? And he either says yes or no. <laughs> he, has, he has a uh, cell phone. He, well, he used to back in the day. It used to be a telephone number and an answering machine. And he also didn't return calls notoriously. So you would leave a message basically with your pitch and like, I guess, how much money you're going to pay him. And he'd either show up to work or no. And he showed up like a day late to Caddyshack, allegedly. And like, so funny. And they like, they didn't know if he was coming until the day he showed up. Nice. That's a weird thing. God, Bill Murray's great. It is very cool. Like, he's, he plays it pretty casual, but like, how would that, like, it doesn't, it just, 
it's hard to wrap my brain around. Like, I, I can't fathom it working. Like, I can't fathom a whole studio is going to line up a movie. Some of those movies they probably had to line up with him in advance. Like, Bill, do you want to make Stripes? Because he's pretty much the whole movie. But then on these other ones where it's an ensemble, like in Caddyshack, I guess you could be like, okay, let's get a different comedian. Like, I guess in theory, Eddie Murphy could have had that role. Or somebody, like, someone else could Yeah, have, someone else could have, like, like or Dan there's nothing. Aykroyd yeah, or there's nothing, there's nothing, like, super specific about. Well, I mean, like, obviously no one's going to replace Bill Murray, but, like, there's nothing, like, super specific that you needed Bill Murray for that role. There was nothing, like, like specialized. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. Like, nothing, like, specialized, like, we need Bill Murray for this. Like, this is a Bill Murray movie. Like, right. It was literally, right. It was literally Zombieland, but it has Bill Murray in it. Right, exactly. No, and that's, but, like, the whole time you're going there, you're holding your breath, like, man, I hope we get Bill for this. Right. I don't know, it's just kind of odd, right? Yeah. So anyway, I guess I guess I think I understand their phone call to him. Like before we can write the script and do this and do that, we need to know if you're in or not. Mm-hmm. But then it's equally hard. It's equally hard for him to be like, "Oh, I can't. I can't commit if I don't know how much money, how much screen time, if I don't know what you want me to do." Like, yeah. Uh, I believe it's Michael Rosenbaum is his name. But like, do I want to show up and and deal with this? Like, it's too much trouble. So, it's just kind of a, a weird, I get why someone would say no to that, but I also right. get why as a franchise you're calling out. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's going to have all these different Superman in it, it's going to be all these different realities kind of colliding. Um, it's going to be cool. It's interesting. Ruby Rose recently had to have emergency surgery on her neck because of a stunt that went dangerously wrong. Ooh. She, uh, I guess, hurt her neck, and when they went to the hospital... Uh, they said you have two severely herniated discs in your neck that are so severely herniated they could paralyze you, so we need to operate immediately. That's terrifying. Yeah. She apparently let them film the surgery, and then she posted the video of the surgery online. Wild. <laughs> she's, a, she's a different cat. Uh, she's the girl that was in Orange is the New Black, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of where she was, where she comes from. I mm-hmm. think she was in some, like... Australian soap opera stuff. She was that. in. I think she was in one of the Resident Evils too recently. Yeah, yeah, no, she's had stuff since then. But I mean, that Orange yeah, is like started, her yeah. American debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's a different. She's a different cat, and so she, she let and she. Her comment was when people asked why she let them film it and post it. She said, "Didn't you see that Grey's Anatomy where they left the towel in a person?" <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Um, all right, with that, we're going to jump out here. We want to thank everybody for listening and hanging out with us today. This has been a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel.